Hello, and welcome to Modern Moms Wellness Podcast. I am Renata, and this is Jenna, and we are here to discuss with you all things motherhood and the journey through the process with simple and practical advice and guidance. With that being said, we have reached episode four, which is on prenatals and multivitamins. And as you can see, Jenna and I both upgraded a little bit and started getting more podcasty, I think, with our headphones. We each have a new mic, so now you'll be hearing us in high def. So we're excited to show that. And yeah, so how are you doing today? How's your weekend? It's been going well. I hung out at my family's lake house over the weekend. It's always fun because it's there's four different cabins on our property. It's um, mm-hmm. it's grandfathered in. It's been in our family for a hundred years. So we we were in the woods. It, it wasn't really a, a great swimming day yesterday. It was actually kind of chilly. Mm-hmm. So we went in the woods and we found the tiniest little frogs and they were so cute and if you just go up to them and kind of put your hand in front of them and kind of tap them a little on their bums like they crawl right onto your hand and they ended up kind of just like jumping onto our chest and one ended up jumping onto my son's face (laughs) i feel like i think i saw that photo and i was like oh my god They were so cute. Like it it made my soul so happy. Um, So cute. Yeah. What what have you been up to this weekend? Uh, Yesterday I worked. So I typically do a Tuesday to Saturday. And uh, but then I came home and I passed out so early and I slept like a baby. So I yeah, I woke up feeling refreshed and, you know, added a little bit more to help with this and just kind of eased into my Sunday. And it's been a really lovely Sunday. So just an easygoing day. Yeah. A little different than what I used to do, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's been, I'm yeah. Easygoing, very easy breezy. So, so yeah, so let's take it off. Awesome. So this episode, we're going to be covering prenatals and multivitamins. And I, I love this topic because I actually get questions about supplements all the time. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of the the main concerns of my clients is knowing what supplements are essential and you know what's going to be worth the money because there's so many different supplements out there and if you don't really know what to look for, then it can be difficult to navigate that whole supplement landscape to figure out what's going to be right for you and also um, if you're not familiar if you don't have a deep knowledge of nutrition, it can be very confusing what is really important for you. So that's definitely, I mean, one of the biggest concerns I get from clients. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I love talking about it because I think supplements, there, there's so many reasons nowadays why people um, can benefit from supplements, so many different nutrient deficiencies and so many different reasons for these deficiencies. So I think supplements can be life-changing in some cases and especially if someone is very deficient in something it can it can be a total game changer so i'm really happy that we're talking about this to help people feel more confident in figuring out what they should be taking yeah 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 i definitely agree with that because you can you know i'm really uh, a propon- it's a proponent of me that to, you know, get all my vitamins through food, but, you know, living in New England and the Northeast and stuff, you know, a lot of us, and I've already mentioned this many times, tend to be deficient in vitamin D. 
So I actually recently got my vitamin levels tested and they, they did mention I was deficient in it. And, you know, this was, I think like March. So made sense. I mean, we're gearing up into spring after winter time and where you're cooped up for six months, maybe, I don't know, five months, you know, and you're not in the sun. And that's one thing that, you know, a lot of us are deficient in. So I highly suggest always just taking a vitamin D supplement at least because that's, Mm -hmm. you know, and getting that from food is kind of difficult if, especially if you're like a vegetarian or vegan or Mm -hmm. so highly suggest uh, getting your vitamins level tested to see if vitamin D is an issue. But yeah, I mean, taking a prenatal vitamin during the months leading up to and during pregnancy is super important. And these supplements uh, contain vital nutrients for your baby's health, as well as your health. And, uh, uh, you know, during pregnancy, your required daily intake of certain vitamins and minerals increases. So, Mm. you know, this, to me also is a valuable topic, just even if you know you aren't getting pregnant tomorrow and you plan on just you know maybe a year down the line it could be a good thing to start adding into your diet but yeah Yeah. so that kind of brings us into the topic of when you should start taking them and how long you should take them for so yeah i definitely agree um that well when it comes to prenatal vitamins i'd say you know as early as possible really i mean if you're in the childbearing years and you're mm-hmm. um you have a partner and you're sexually active um and there's a chance or you know if there is a plan even if it's like a few years away i'd say that's it can be really helpful because sometimes you know accidents do happen <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so um it's good good to be prepared and you know at a minimum taking it right away if, if there is an unexpected pregnancy that is going to be um, carried to full term. So I'd say with that, that's really important, taking a prenatal through pregnancy. And then you can also continue prenatals in postpartum. Mm -hmm. And so with postpartum, you can either continue the prenatal vitamin if you feel like it's um, something that has everything that you're looking for in a multivitamin you can continue to take that or you can switch to a different multivitamin if you do find something else. Most multivitamins are safe while breastfeeding. Um, it's, I'd say it's probably not really common to find something in a multivitamin that wouldn't be safe during breastfeeding, but obviously, you know, talk to your doctor before you start taking something different. But definitely with the prenatals, you know, they're guaranteed that they're going to be safe while breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, there's there's some research that shows that postpartum nutrient depletion can last up to five to seven years after giving birth. So I typically would say that uh, at least a year postpartum continue to take a multivitamin But because there's so many risks of being nutrient deficient for several years after giving birth, I'd say, you know, up to five to seven years, if not longer, I think that if they, if you feel better when you're taking a multivitamin, if it seems to be beneficial for your energy and your mood, these are things that are safe to take long-term. And I've, I've been taking a multivitamin for years now and Mm -hmm. I definitely noticed a dip in my energy 
when I'm not taking it because I just, I think, you know, due to some genetic variants that I have with B vitamins, I find that it's really important that I am supplementing with B vitamins and just higher stress can also deplete these vitamins. So, yeah, yeah. And um, one thing too, that I think is interesting is, well, you know, I mean, obviously when the fetus is, you know, growing, it is a major drain on your body. But prior to that, when you're in the weeks of, or months, and you know, you're looking to conceive, um, so basically your babies get all the nutrients from you and uh, vitamins building that can be like a reserve for your baby uh, in case you are, you tend to be a little bit uh, nutrient deficient, but it also, yeah, it also can help build that reserve when you start. And then it's always good to, to take one prior to, because uh, it's interesting because folate or folic acid, we'll get into this a little bit more, uh, actually is it helps with uh building the neurological system and the nervous system of your baby and the neural tube actually stops or it closes at four weeks and that could be even a time when a woman doesn't even know she's pregnant yet yeah and you know you already have this reserve that you started taking this b vitamin or b vitamins in general because they're all going to be really good for help building the baby's nervous system yeah um so that could be something you know god forbid if you are thinking of or if you you know are sexually active as you said like you could be taking this just in case so your baby can develop a, the, a good spinal and neurological system. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the interesting thing about taking folate prior to or taking folic acid prior to. So, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, all right, let's see. Um, I think we might have skipped over this a little bit, but maybe we can talk a little bit about um, what multivitamins are <laughs> yes um, because some people might not have a good idea of of what they are so it's um their multivitamin mineral supplements they vary in what they contain but typically they are going to contain the essential vitamins which would be vitamin a c d e and k and also various d vitamins and then They'll also contain essential minerals like calcium, magnesium, zinc, selenium, chromium, copper, iodine, and iron. Some multis and prenatals don't have iron um, <laughs> just because sometimes they can cause digestive upset and also risk of taking too much iron can be a thing. Um, but I'd say most prenatals do. And we'll get into the forms too of because um, there are certain types of iron that can cause GI distress, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and other forms of, of nutrients that are more beneficial and more bioavailable. Um, but then also uh, multivitamins contain other compounds. And, you know, just looking at the, the multivitamins that I typically recommend in the prenatals, they, they tend to have added antioxidants um, antioxidant compounds. So things like um, lutein and xanthin and other things that have anti-inflammatory actions in the body. And generally, these things are going to be safe 
um, if they're being added into the multivitamins for for most people. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else? Yeah, I mean, this can kind of bring us into some of the uh, most important vitamins that you should be, or vitamins and minerals that you should be looking for too. Uh, obviously, Jenna mentioned, you know, those are the types of multivitamins and the vitamins that should be in those that you should be taking. And there's some of the, there's some components that, you know, are ne super necessary. And, and one of the ones that also isn't always in a multivitamin or a prenatal vitamin is DHA as well. Uh, and that's uh, omega-3 fatty acids. Um, I kind of shortened that because saying the real name of it is extremely challenging. So I don't <laughs> even attempt to do that. But yeah, so some of the main vitamins as well that really play a role in uh, baby development is, as mentioned, is iron, um, DHA, folate or folic acid, vitamin D, calcium, and iodine. Those are some of the uh, more important ones, even though they're all pretty much important in general, because mm -hmm. obviously we need vitamins to function and minerals to function. So as we talked about before, iron uh, is not in every vitamin and there are certain types of iron that, you know, might cause somebody to have an upset stomach or some other issues. Like I don't personally take iron because I don't need it. But if I were to, I would look into if I were pregnant and I was looking into taking a prenatal, I would look for a type of iron that doesn't upset my stomach just do because I, I tend to have like I get a little queasy or nauseous sometimes. So mm -hmm. You know, I wouldn't want to upset my my GI tract, but iron is a mineral needed to make blood and hemoglobin, which is a protein that helps carry oxygen and supply it to your growing baby to make their own blood. So iron is vital in keeping energy levels and lessening the chance of having a premature baby. The amount of iron needed during pregnancy is typically doubled in which you will take about 25 to 30 milligrams um, it, it can be found also in lean meat, poultry and seafood, cereal bread and pasta that has iron added to it. Sometimes you got to be careful about that, though, due to like gluten intolerances or, you know, yeah. um, fortified cereals and white breads and stuff like that. Yeah, but that that iron might be a little problematic. I think yeah. the type of iron they use can cause GI issues like constipation. Yeah, um, that's a big problem with certain iron supplements is constipation. Yeah, I tend to get constipated. So I gotta be, mm -hmm. you have, if you know your body, you gotta stay away from the things that cause more of those issues. So, yeah. mm -hmm. but also like leafy greens um, in vegetables, beans, uh, nuts, raisins, and dried fruits can also have good levels of iron. But yeah, like if you are a carb head, like I love carbs, just be careful about what types of carbs you take in and um, the carbs that can potentially cause constipation or intolerances. Um, so another one that we were just mentioning that does not always exist is DHA. So this is also known as omega-3 fatty acids. So this fat is required during pregnancy to help assist in brain and eye um, maturation. Some prenatal vitamins do not have this as an ingredient in which you can find another supplement or receive it from valuable food sources. However, we all know that, you know, we shouldn't be eating fish every day. So you'll find it from other sources too, like uh, avocados and uh, chia seeds, hemp seeds, walnuts, kidney beans, 
stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. However, I've noticed that excessive fatty foods, excessively eating high fatty foods can also potentially increase morning sickness. So mm -hmm. you want to be careful about your daily fat intake, even though it is good for you. Just be careful of uh, how many milligrams that you're taking in. Yeah, for sure. Um, and when it comes to the omega-3s in plant foods, it's actually in the form of ALA. Um, it's a shortened version. Mm -hmm, another shortened word. Yeah. <laughs> um, and ALA, people, um, there's genetic variants um, that can make it difficult for someone to convert ALA to the more bioavailable form DHA and EPA. So I recommend, you know, if you if you are eating a plant-based diet and you don't eat fish, I'd say that it's really important to take an algae-based mm. omega-3 supplement that is DHA and EPA because that's, you know, that's going to be the most bioavailable form. That's going to be the best for you, mm -hmm. the best for baby. Um, and some signs that you might need more omega-3s might be um, dry skin, dry hair, dry eyes. Um, oh, I didn't know that. And eyesight. So mm -hmm. you, your eyes really need um, DHA and EPA. Um, so if you are in postpartum or during pregnancy and you're noticing a change in your eyesight, it, it could potentially be related. It could also mm. be related to not getting enough vitamin A, which mm -hmm. is something that is also really important for baby's development and, and can be used really quickly during pregnancy and breastfeeding. That's interesting. I did not know that about uh, omega-3 fatty acids or like the, the ALA and DHA. And I wonder if that plays a role in, you know, young kids like developing, you know, bad eyesight. And I, yeah. you know, like I, obviously I didn't know that. And I've glass, I've had glasses since I was in seventh grade. And I wonder if it was due to potentially not receiving enough like fatty acids. And I, I didn't yeah. eat that well when I was younger, like not because of my parents, but because mm -hmm. I was like very picky and like just didn't want any types of foods. And I had an aversion to like multiple different types of foods. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that played a role in, you know, developing yeah. glasses, needing glasses. It could potentially. I mean, yeah, like I said, um, vitamin A is also mm -hmm. really important for eye development and, and zinc because zinc mm, I didn't know that either to, um, I forgot the exact, uh, mechanism, but zinc helps to, uh, convert, I think it's convert vitamin A, the preformed, let's see, proform vitamin A, like beta carotene, it helps convert it to the preformed vitamin A, which is important for your eyes. And there's a bunch of other interactions between zinc and vitamin A. So if you're not getting enough of both of those, along with the omega-3s that can have an impact on your eyesight. And also, like I mentioned with the omega-3s, there's the genetic variant that can make it difficult to mm. um, convert the ALA to the EPA and DHA. There's also a genetic variant that can make it difficult or almost impossible for some people to convert the proform vitamin A, so like beta carotene and other different carotenes, to the the preform vitamin A, like mm -hmm. retinol and retinolic or retinol palmitate, I think it is. So if you have that genetic variant and you're, you don't eat, um, 
animal foods, that's where you get the, the preform vitamin A. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you're only eating the, the plant uh, source of vitamin A, then you're going to have a really difficult time getting enough uh, vitamin A. Yeah, that's something similar I've heard too about protein, that plant protein is a lot different than animal protein. Yeah, and that you tend, bodies tend to have a lot harder of a time digesting plant protein over animal protein. And, you know, that's mm -hmm. not to say like, that don't be a vegan or anything, but uh, it, it tend it kind of throws in there like, well, how can I supplement this in a way where I'm getting that like animal protein too? Because yeah, animal protein is just a lot different than plant protein. Um, and this also kind of ties into other vitamins needing each other. And I think a lot of times we don't know that about vitamins like vitamin D and calcium. Um, they, they are absorbed together with uh, when, when taking either or, and uh, that kind of also goes into vitamin D and needing it for development of a child too, or a baby. Mm -hmm. um, so vitamin D is a fat soluble. So that means that it's, uh, it doesn't dissolve in water. It does, it's best absorbed with beneficial fatty foods. So once oh, again, yeah. like mm -hmm. DHA or, you know, fatty fish or fat, fat fatty foods. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, that are high in omega threes. Uh, and also vitamin D helps absorb calcium into your system. And uh, they work dynamically to provide immune and bone growth support for your developing baby. So a recent study found women taking 4,000 IUs of vitamin D daily had the greatest benefits in preventing preterm labor births and infections. And, uh, you know, I've also heard too that when you're sick, and I'm not recommending this to everyone or whatever, but I've noticed for myself uh, when I am sick, I tend to take just, I take an abundance of vitamin D and vitamin C and vitamin D taking that I'm like, knock out my cold in like two days. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've noticed for myself when taking about eight to 10,000, I use just for the period of time that I'm sick, knocks it right out. Um, and like I said, I'm not recommending that to everyone, but it could be something for people that might have immune issues or colds or flu seasons coming up. We'll tackle that too in the future. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. 10,000 IUs of vitamin D and, and I'm telling you, it like I'm like fine in like two, three days and it doesn't happen every time if I have like a really bad viral infection or something, but that doesn't happen very often to me anymore. But yeah, so mm -hmm. vitamin D is crucial. So not only for yeah. prenatal, but immune system function. Yeah, for sure. There's, um, I know there's an issue with long COVID for some people. Mm -hmm. And some clients that I talked to and um, uh, colleagues, they talked about how they took extra vitamin D and also zinc and um, vitamin C when they had COVID. And it helped to you know, speed up the recovery and they didn't end up having any issues after, you know, that's not nice, not necessarily going to the, be the case for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I think that, um, I mean, that's a whole nother topic. I know that's a whole <laughs> series. But it's, like. Yeah. But it's, um, just to say that it can be so beneficial because getting sick can, can drain your vitamin D sources. Mm -hmm. and so same thing with postpartum. I mean, and during pregnancy, sometimes your immune system can be lower yep. than what it typically is. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not taking 
the you're not replenishing your vitamin stores and certain minerals and you're you're kind of just you know, eventually running on empty yep. and other issues can pop up there's an increased um I think an increased number of women who are developing autoimmune conditions and there is a link to vitamin yep. D. So I'd say with, when it comes to prenatals and multivitamins, um, maybe we can talk about this a little more, how some, some vitamin and mineral levels in them aren't high enough to help you replenish depleted mm -hmm. stores of certain nutrients. So vitamin D is one of them. Typically, prenatals and, and multivitamins max will be 1,000 IUs, which can be good for maintaining good levels right. of vitamin D. But it's so rare <laughs> that people actually have good levels of vitamin D. Exactly. So, and you should get your levels tested. I don't think that anyone should start taking higher levels of vitamin D without knowing what their levels are to start with. Mm -hmm. But I, I typically recommend 5,000 IUs of vitamin D for people who are low and sometimes doing a therapeutic dose of 10,000 IUs for up to um, two weeks at a time. So you yep. do 10,000 and then you can drop down. I did 10,000. I was very low in vitamin D for a while. I was dealing with um, chronic mold issues, so my my immune system was in shambles. Oh my god! <laughs> years ago, so mm -hmm. I I was working with a functional medicine doctor, and he recommended that I take ten thousand IU's, and I took it for a while. And you know, I'm not recommending that other people do that, but it got me up to um, sixty. I forget what the the numbers. Yeah, are. I don't know the metric either, but um, mm -hmm. but it got me up to uh, sixty for my blood levels. And so I typically recommend like a functional um, uh, range for vitamin D levels. Uh, an optimal range is between 50 and 80. Um, so 60, I mean, that's great. But it, even taking high doses of vitamin D for a long time, like it, it, it took a while to get yeah. it. And um, so, yeah, I'd say a minimum minimum of a thousand but definitely get your levels checked yeah another one is magnesium so i don't think we talked about this yet but there's um when it comes to the food food grown in america nowadays the soils are so depleted yes of i have been talking about this too yes. yeah and so magnesium is one of those minerals that you know even so if you go online and you're like how much magnesium like you know like what are the um foods that are high in magnesium and they'll give you things like almonds and leafy greens but they've actually tested the levels of these high magnesium foods and they're just not they're they're not really that high anymore and so it can take i forget what it was but i i was listening to a podcast with a functional medicine doctor that i follow and he was like something crazy like 16 cups of almonds or something like that mm -hmm. like you would have to to fill your daily requirements which you know mm -hmm. I I'm, maybe that's an exaggeration but it was like a, a, an enormous amount so mm -hmm. it's it's very very difficult to get magnesium from your diet yeah and that's, that's also, I, just, I love that I love that you're bringing that up because, yeah, yeah yeah and um 
So that's also something in addition to a multivitamin because multivitamins typically they don't reach that 100%. And mm -hmm. I, I can't remember off the top of my head what 100% of magnesium is. But I'd say that um, when it comes to supporting mental health, um, especially if you're dealing with anxiety and chronic stress, I, I typically recommend between 200 and 400 milligrams mm -hmm. of magnesium a day. And magnesium glycinate is a really great form. It's mm -hmm. very bioavailable. It's not going to cause GI upset. It's absorbed into your muscle <laughs> muscle tissues. Mm -hmm. It's like a tongue twister. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's absorbed easily. So that can be great. You know, if you're having symptoms of um, muscle cramps, tight muscles, mm -hmm. and um, insomnia, and stress. And then so also in addition to the soil being depleted, things like caffeine, sugar, alcohol, and stress can all deplete your magnesium levels. So, you know, even if you're eating a good diet, um, if you have all these other things going on, um, it can really exacerbate that magnesium deficiency. Yeah, I actually started taking magnesium because I was doing a lot of research on like vitamins and um, what I could potentially be deficient on or what's causing my anxiety. And I, I, I never slept well ever. And, uh, I also have a pretty, like, it's gotten a lot better now, obviously, but it, a dysfunctional GI tract that just kind of likes doing its own thing and, and TMI, but I would be constipated for like days. And one time I didn't, you know, use the bathroom for like a week and a half. And I was like, oh, what geez. the f is going on? Yeah, and you know, so you start to think, yeah, it's so uncomfortable. And your belly is like out to here and you're like, this isn't safe. What am I doing wrong? So, you know, I reevaluated what I was eating and then I also was looking into taking magnesium and I found that my mental health, my GI, my sleep patterns, um, they all significantly changed after. And I preach to, about taking magnesium because mm -hmm. of this. And then I got my vital, vitamin levels tested after the fact of taking it for, I think about, I want to say like six months. And she was like, your magnesium levels are looking great. And then that's when she told me about my vitamin D levels. But she was like, your magnesium levels are looking great. And I was like, great. So yeah. clearly I'm doing something right. I'm sleeping better. I, I mean, I like last night I slept like a baby. I never used to be able to just fall asleep and stay asleep. So mm. I, I'm like a preacher of magnesium and vitamin D just because of how well it's worked for me. And, yeah. and that kind of like... Uh, is another vitamin that could be really beneficial for mothers, expecting mothers. And, uh, but there's multiple types of magnesium out there. So it's really, yeah. you gotta, you know, pick and choose which one works for you. Cause there's citrate oxide, L3 and eight chloride, sulfate, uh, glycinate, you know, there's, there's tons. And, um, but taking magnesium can may reduce some pregnancy complications such as preeclampsia. Oh, cause it's also good for the heart. So preeclampsia yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, low preterm weight as well as low birth weight and may reduce the risk of a stillbirth. Um, and on top of that, like we said, it boosts mood, it helps the GI. So boosting mood could be like L3 and eight and glycinate, uh, the, the digestive tract and reducing indigestion and constipation could be citrate oxide and lactate. And then, uh, it, improve sleep patterns. So if you're struggling as a expecting mother with sleep, 
trisomagnesium, it will not harm the baby. So yeah, and, and as Jenna said, about three, uh, two to 400 is yeah. milligrams is good. And I think I take about 400. So yeah, and that's worked yeah. tremendously. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can um, space it out throughout the day too. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be taken all at once. Um, I think the one that I take now, it's 420 milligrams in two capsules. So sometimes I take um, one capsule um, in the morning and then one capsule at night just to space it out. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes Mine is two capsules too. So I, I tend to do one in the morning or one at night or both at night, if I'm really feeling like, you know, just exhausted and I just need something, I'll do that, but tend to do it morning and night. So I space it out too. And, mm-hmm. and damn, magnesium is tremendous. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also another, there's a few more uh, vitamins that can be very beneficial to a mother expecting mother. And that is calcium. We discussed it a little bit, but It's needed to help develop your baby's bones, teeth, heart, and nerves. So while you're pregnant, try to get at least 1,000 milligrams of calcium every day. If you do not get enough calcium from vitamins or food, your body takes from its own storage. uh, And that will be taking, you know, that could provide future health risks within you. So uh, like osteoporosis or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So calcium is in a lot of dairy products, cheese, yogurt, kefir, uh, but, you know, we can't always drink this stuff or take this stuff, you know, due to intolerances and also, uh, you know, with the unpasteurized foods, uh, we don't want to harm or get an infection or uh, so then you can turn to like dark leafy greens, spinach, kale, turnips and collard greens. But it is good to this is one thing that should be needed in a supplement should be had in a supplement, too. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It can it can be helpful, yeah. If you don't eat dairy products, I, you know, there's there's some um, dairy alternatives out there. You know, like almond milk, mm-hmm. um, yogurts, like uh, coconut milk yogurt, those sort of things that are fortified with calcium. And I would say that, you know, sometimes people worry about all the extra added ingredients in them. But I would say that when it comes to getting calcium, getting enough calcium, I would say that the the benefits outweigh um, I get any negative mm-hmm. that you would get from these uh, non-dairy products um, because it can be difficult to get enough calcium uh, from leafy greens just because it's exactly the way that they are in the food sometimes they're they're binded to certain things in in plant foods so it's hard for the digestive system to break it apart and absorb everything mm-hmm. um, and then also like i mentioned with magnesium it can be due to depleted soils and just not having enough mm-hmm. of these in in the soil um something that can be helpful is nettles um so drinking nettle tea so that Love nettles usually herbs tend to have higher amounts of things like calcium and magnesium than the typical, you know, kale and other leafy greens. Um, So that is a way to help increase magnesium and calcium. But I Mm -hmm. would say that just to be safe, especially if you're, you're pregnant, um, breastfeeding and, and postpartum to make sure that you are eating dairy products or um, alternatives that are Mm -hmm. fortified. Yeah. And uh, 
this brings us into one of our last, well, not last, because we have more to go in the more of this episode, but iodine to me is uh, oh one God. of the forgotten uh, minerals because uh, we don't really think about it too often. Like iodine, what is that? You know, yeah. um, but this is a mineral required to help your baby's brain and nervous system de- to develop specifically the production of pregnant women and fetal thyroid hormones. So iodine is affiliated with your thyroid gland. Um, the requirements of iodine increase substantially to 220 to 250 uh, during pregnancy to ensure adequate supply to the fetus. Uh, these are not always, this is not always in prenatal vitamins. So highly suggest looking for iodine. And this kind of branches off from Jenna mentioned that we're seeing vitamin D deficiency linked to autoimmune diseases. So iodine and vitamin D I've noticed and research too. I, in my master's, I really focused on breast cancer and mm-hmm iodine deficiency and vitamin D deficiency is affiliated with breast cancer and reproductive health and reproductive cancers and stuff. So uh, they're seeing that, you know, that deficiency is causing a lot of issues in later life. um, Because, you know, once again, who thinks of iodine? (laughs) Like, you really don't think of it. And it's in a lot of foods like seaweed, cod, shrimp, dairy, um, iodized, iodized salt, but sometimes you got to pick and choose which iodized salt you want to use. Uh, and then eggs and prunes and lima beans. I love seaweed. Seaweed's not for everybody, but I do seaweed, whether it be a powder or just eating it. Um, I also love sushi, but obviously you can't eat raw fish while you're pregnant. Um, but I, you know, seaweed in low dosages, you know, maybe once every couple weeks could be really good too to add it into your diet. Uh, but also adding just a a supplement or finding a prenatal that has iodine in it. Yeah, for sure. And there's um, different forms of iodine. Let's see, the the Seeking Health prenatal has iodine as potassium iodide. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, you know, a great form. And then other multivitamins and prenatal vitamins will have it from kelp. Um, Yes. And... Yeah, I think I think iodized salt is is totally fine. I think, you know, if that's going to be a main source for you, then I think, you know, it's better than nothing. Right, exactly. <laughs> and um but just be careful cuz you also don't want to overdo it on mm-hmm. iodine. There's a specific amount. I think it's no more than um a half a teaspoon a day mm-hmm. of iodized salt, but I so um I I wasn't paying enough attention to my iodine during my um, during my pregnancies and um, let's see the first let's see four years of being a mom and um, so I started once I started thinking about it I started adding kelp flakes mm. to my daily tea blend and I know that sounds so funny like to add seaweed to your tea but you actually can't taste it. So I add the kelp flakes in and it's mixed with other herbs. Someday I'll have to share my recipe because it's, yeah, it's amazing. Definitely. Like I, I love my daily tea. I really, there's adaptogens and other mineral rich herbs. And I really notice a difference when I, when I don't have it. Um, but I started adding kelp flakes and it was, it was a big change in my energy. I started feeling, I I think I was five months postpartum after having my second. And then I realized I needed more iodine because mm-hmm. I was just, feeling so burned out still. And it was a, it was a big change in my energy. So I've been doing it for, 
for years now. Um, but it's that's an easy way to do it if you if you do make your own tea blends and you can add it in. But you can mm. also if you make soup, you can also add kelp flakes into oh, soup. And love it, soup. It really, it really does just like blend in, especially yeah. if you make your own bone broth. Oof. You can just throw that in and let it cook with the bone broth, and it really Great helps idea. infuse it in there. But there's other ways that you can hide it. Um, because that really is one of the best sources. Yeah. To, to seaweed. Get it from, mm -hmm. from seaweed. Actually, I would love your, your tea recipe. Um, yeah. I love tea <laughs> and that sounds delicious to me. Yeah. I love like, I know you said it doesn't taste like anything, but I love fishy things. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love seaweed, but, um, yeah. So, and then, um, low iodine, you know, she was mentioning she was burnt out. So that attribute that could be attributed to development of like hypothyroidism and that's yeah. showing signs of like sluggishness, uh, so fatigue, sluggish, weight gain, uh, your metabolism not functioning correctly. So if you start to feel yourself feeling that way, as she said, burnt out, maybe yeah. check that to see if your iodine levels are, are lower, you know, and, and see if you need yeah. to add a more of a supplement in there. So, yeah. or yeah, help so or, you know, whatever the, the list that we just provided. So yeah, if, it, if you look at your multivitamin or your prenatal, it's not in there. Um, and then you look at your diets. You can easily Google foods that contain iodine and the different amounts that, you know, mm -hmm. the best sources. And if you start to, you know, piece it together, oh, wait, I don't eat these foods. And oh, no, my multivitamin doesn't have it. Um, then that's definitely something to pay attention to. Um, yeah. It can be really important. Yeah. And uh, this can kind of bring us into uh, folic acid versus folate. So mm -hmm. I think this was a really good this is a really a topic because I don't think very many people know the difference and they, they kind of maybe see the words as interchangeable, which they kind of are, but not really um, at all. So uh, yeah, because like for a while when I was, you know, before I did all of my, you know, master's and research and everything, I didn't know the difference. And uh, I thought this was a really good thing that you wanted to add in too, is the is fol folic acid versus folate. So yeah, so if you wanted to take it off with that. Yeah, so um, the active form of folate, it's um, um, 5-MTHF. Um, some people might have heard of the genetic variant um, MTHFR. So the mother fucker. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Methatetrahydrofolate reductase is yep. the, the gene. And um, so it can, it can make it difficult to... Um, to get enough folate and to utilize folate in the body. And so folic acid, your body has to work to convert it into the form that it, it needs. So if you're not taking that, you might not be converting enough to folate. Um, and with that gene, you also need to be getting enough B12. They, they go hand in hand. So with B12, it's also important to gets um, find a supplement that has methylcobalamin or adenosylcobalamin uh, rather than cyanocobalamin. Um, I know there is a little bit of debate about that, but I'd say that if you can, most supplements now do recognize that. Um, so most are made with the methylcobalamin and the, um, the uh, folate in its active form. But it is good to take a look at that. Yeah. And uh, so uh, 
touching base on this too, folate is a, a part of the B vitamins. So it just, it's yep. um, like B6 or B12. And uh, so, uh, and then folic acid is the synthetic uh, version of this. And that doesn't mean it's wrong to take because it's synthetic, but because uh, folate is uh, in, in food and then folic acid is the synthetic manufactured. Uh, and they're both very important for immune function, nerve health, and help to prevent certain birth defects when a woman is mm -hmm. pregnant, as we've discussed, um, the spinal and neural tube within the baby or the mm -hmm. fetus. Um, and then also another, which I didn't know this until I looked it up, was people with celiacs and inflammatory bowel disease, they might have trouble absorbing folate too. So on top of that oh, yeah. genetic variant of uh, the MTHFR, which I actually first heard of um, in 2020, I think from a client. And she was like, yeah, I have this. And I was like, what is that? And I had to do so much research. I had no idea what it was. Mm -hmm. And it really like, it opened my mind to a whole different thing too with yeah, vitamins and genetics. And yeah, it's called <laughs> it's nutrigenomics. Like it's like a whole crazy field. I did a, a class on it in my master's program and um it was so interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And you can get, actually, this would be a fun episode if we talk about nutrigenomics more because there's tests that you can get done to see what genetic variants you carry. So that's that's something I did kind of for fun, but I ended up finding out that I had a couple different versions of the MTHFR gene okay. and other like um, uh, crappy um, detox genes. So that's an important reason to get enough B vitamins because they help with proper detoxification. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, so yeah, I kind of um, got the shit end of the stick when it came to detox <laughs> genes. So I, so I use a lot of extra support. Um, yeah. And it, it's really helped now that I know what's going on genetically. I've been able to tweak some things and yeah, um, I've seen an improvement. Um, so Let's see, I, um, you know, just so we don't end up having this go too long um, and risk having to deal with <laughs> all the technical stuff again. Um, I'm becoming a champ, though, at doing all of these things. So I think we're yeah. both like learning so much about editing and then like yeah. how to convert an MP. I don't even know, but how yeah. to convert things, I, you know, and it's been great to learn all of this. We're like really becoming true podcasters. Yeah, oh, I love, I love really it. Um, <laughs> and then um, one thing I think that we can address is what ingredients to avoid, because you see yeah. a lot of vitamins and you're like, I'm just going to choose this because it's out there. It's at the grocery store. I'm going to take it. Oh, it's yeah, easy to buy, but mm -hmm. There's a lot of vitamins that, so <clears throat> another thing that I, cause I, I know Jenna and I both feel strongly about this topic and I know we both researched it a sh ton. And mm -hmm. one thing that I researched, cause my, I also, a part of my master's focused on mushrooms and mm -hmm. there's a lot of supplement companies that tell you the ingredients that actually, when you test that vitamin, those ingredients don't exist. So you're getting like, you know, maybe a pinch of what you're supposed to be getting. Like, why did I just spend yeah. 25 plus dollars on a vitamin that is not giving me what I need? And uh, yeah, so highly suggest looking into, you know, if you don't, 
I mean, this, try to get some advice from us with this, but also do your own research on what vitamins, you know, exist out there that mm-hmm. are good to take. Cause yeah. there's so many with artificial flavors, colors, fillers, yeah. preservatives, oils, and sugar. Like why yeah. is there high it's amounts of sugar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the manufacturing, um, um, practices too. So if you're, if you're looking into a supplement, I would say, look at their website. Mm-hmm. If they don't have this information, message them. And if they're not being transparent, then screw them. Like don't yeah. buy things from supplements that are being sketchy. So you want to look for companies that are, um, that have current good manu- manufacturing, um, yep. practices. So that's seed GMP. Yep. And then you also want to see if they are third party tested yes. because if they're doing the testing, then obviously they can be sketchy about it. They but if lie. they're going to a third party tester, they're not going to get away with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that the products that they're selling and telling you about are going to be what they're saying. Um, yeah. So those things are really important. Yep. And testing to show that what's in there is what's in there. Uh, there's no levels, high levels of contaminants, um, like unsafe, yeah. content, like mold or pesticides yeah. and the ingredients they choose. I mean, uh, you know, obviously I don't know how you were having that, the mold issue with you, but you never know with what you're eating. If it, something has high levels of mold that, or like a, a processed food or a, a yeah. supplement you never you just never know so it's always good like you said to get that third-party lab testing um and one thing i wanted to address too is a these a lot of ingredients or a lot of these supplements have ingredients and one of them is like palm oil and yeah. i feel like we're just kind of using palm oil and everything now and you know that's not to say that it doesn't have its own benefits in small doses uh, but it's you know because it's it's but it's also like um, it's a monocrop. So it's, you know, we're kind of taking down forests and plant life and animals habitats to build these monocrop or to grow these monocrops like palm oil. And we're using it as a filler in processed food, supplements, hair, beauty products, biofuel. Um, and, you know, there are so many other food sources out there that can provide the benefits, if not more than palm oil like olive oil in general is a lot better, you know, than palm oil. And, uh, you know, this can, if you are having a supplement that has palm oil in it and you don't know how this was potentially refined, uh, the refined, the, how it's refined could be at high temperatures and that could lead to a creation of contaminants. So, and also contribute to kidney toxicity and cancer. So, Mm Yeah, uh, free radicals, it oxidizes mm-hmm. the oils, yeah, and causes yep. problems in your body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would just suggest like looking at the the kind of the fillers that are in there and the type of oil that is in there, if it's palm mm-hmm. oil or glycerin or whatever, I think glycerin, or um, I'm talking um, vegetable glycerin. And oh, yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, and Which if you're... Difficult avoid i know it's so difficult that's why you know i always try to highly suggest eating like a pretty much you know plant influenced diet you know with really good uh really good animal proteins that you could find but yeah this palm oil if you're taking a not so great supplement and eating a lot of processed food you're very likely consuming refined palm oil uh so it's good to always kind of look once again 
you know, what's in it, it is there palm oil, sugar, um, and then also too, like ethics, I think is a very big thing. Like who owns this company? Uh, or, you know, if they test on animals, if they're owned by a big pharmaceutical company, uh, and then their manufacturing processes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely things to consider too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's see. I think that was it for that. And then um, we did want to talk about um, some brands that we would recommend. Mm-hmm. So Seeking Health is a really great one. They're high quality supplements. Um, I recommend them all the time to my clients. They have a couple of different prenatal vitamins, um, multivitamins, um, which can be taken obviously during pregnancy and, and in postpartum long term. And then another one is Now Foods. I love Now love Foods. Now Foods. Love them. I- they're so great because not only are they high quality, they're also affordable. They're cheap. If you, if you looked at my supplement cabinet, cabinet, like you would think that like I own. Like, yeah, yeah. I have like three or four. Like that's just ninety percent of my supplements. Um, so yeah, yeah, they <laughs> are them. so cheap. Like you could get. So I have L lysine by them. I have um. I have, what else do I have? I have my probiotic is from them. You do have to keep it in the fridge, which sometimes I don't remember, but mm-hmm. uh, I, yeah, my, and it has the 50 billion, you know, probi- uh, bacteria that you need. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is great. And it was like 25 bucks for, yeah. and you know, ten, some good probiotics tend to go for like 45, 50, 60 bucks. So yeah, yeah. You, mm-hmm. It's, it, I love, I'm so happy that we like love now because I love yeah. now food supplements so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Now food sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. And then also they're family owned, like they stayed yeah. family owned. They have not sold out like new chapter. I used to love new chapter. They sold out and I'm, you know, and I, this doesn't mean that I don't say, you know, stop taking new chapter or whatever, or any other supplements that you feel work for you. But to me, I just prefer to go that route of somebody that's a small, smaller business that actually cares about the ingredients and their employees and the ethics behind that. So, yeah. Um, oh, one, another one that I really love is, uh, Mary Ruth's, uh, Truvani. She's great. Uh, Gaia, and uh, also another actually pretty affordable company is Full Circle. So they're they're really great and family owned. And yeah, so highly suggest Full Circle as well. Awesome. Yeah, those are all really great. Mm-hmm. And then now we target the other type of vitamins and minerals that would be very beneficial um, when pregnant. So, or prenatal and, or going to be pregnant and pregnant. And uh, one thing that I know you mentioned was vitamin C. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, let's see, I mentioned a couple. So magnesium, mm-hmm. you might need extra, extra mm-hmm. amounts. Um, and omega-3s we talked about. Zinc and vitamin C can be really important, um, especially if you're, if you feel like you have low immune function, like you're getting sick often, mm-hmm. it can also be really important if you're dealing with feelings of burnout, um, because your adrenals really need a lot of vitamin C and, and salt too. Mm-hmm. Um, but vitamin C, I'd say 
between a thousand to three thousand milligrams a day can be really helpful if you are dealing with those symptoms and then zinc three uh, 30 to 50 milligrams a day but if you go over 50 um, I wouldn't recommend going over 50 because you would also need to make sure you're getting enough copper because zinc can actually deplete yeah. copper. Yep. I actually can't take that much zinc because it tends to make me feel really nauseous and sick. So I have to take low dosages. Um, I find that like between three and five for me works. But, you know, if you when you're pregnant, you like we mentioned earlier that your immune system tends to be a little bit weaker. So it, they they do exist in prenatal vitamins as well as if you feel like you need to, you can take a supplement of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I tend to go more on the vitamin C L-lysine route for myself just because zinc kind of makes me feel a little nauseous. And I, mm-hmm. I really like it's like gaggy nauseous. So, yeah. And I have a thing with I don't like throwing up. So <laughs> I like tend to stay away from it just because my experience. But that's not everybody. So highly suggest mm-hmm. looking into taking zinc if you are immune deficient or feel like you need to get a little bit more of a boost in there. Yeah. And when it comes to vitamin C, I've, I've actually realized I've had a few clients who say that um, when they take vitamin C in the form of ascorbic acid, it can actually cause heartburn Yes, um, because it it is um, acidic. So it Mm -hmm. can raise your, your stomach acid levels to a point where it can cause that heartburn. Um, so I'd say if if you do notice that there are vitamin C supplements that are made from foods and herbs and Instead of. not going to cause that that problem. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of drinks, uh, juices out there that'll say like it has vitamin C and then it will say ascorbic acid. instead of like yeah so and i've noticed with myself that if i'm getting something that's more of the ascorbic acid side of things it can give me heartburn like orange juice gives me like immediate heartburn and it's very citrusy in general or i mean acidic in general and then you have that added ascorbic acid and i was like i can uh, and this was years ago when i found that out but i don't i can't drink it because it's just Mm -hmm. i'm like and you know then i'm taking extra magnesium or something so Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a really big point because I don't think many people know that about vitamin C as well as that the synthetic is is ascorbic acid. So yeah, I know, and I never really realized that until it was actually it worked out really well. Um, so I had a client tell me that they noticed that correlation. Mm. I was like, oh, interesting. And then I had a client who was taking vitamin C, and I was like, you know, <laughs> just so you know. And, and, yeah, like they had, they were taking it and getting heartburn, and I was like, "Well, maybe you should try this actually." And it ended up being the problem. So wow, I was like, "Wow, yeah, connections." <laughs> yeah. I love it. And so then I also for my clients too. I know I, it, I, you know, it's interesting because I've learned a lot from my clients too. Like I was, I've mentioned uh, to somebody eating lentils because they were gluten intolerance, and they're like, "Well, lentils give me severe constipation." And then I was like, "Oh, so I look more into lentils." And you know, mm-hmm. and like it's just cool to have the client kind of give you also their knowledge that they have on top of yeah. your knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that like in person experience can be so valuable. Mm-hmm. Or like, I mean, you can't learn everything from a textbook and no. from your professors because everyone has different experiences and yep. others and it's hard to absorb everything into your brain when you're going through a, a program yeah <laughs> well yeah definitely I'm still learning things and I'm like oh I didn't learn this in my master's program <laughs> which yeah. is 
fine because it's, it's, you know, made me want to look more into things. So it's mm-hmm. given me that boost to do so. But uh, yeah, so uh, I, I love this is why I also love doing the podcast with you because you teach me many, many things every time too. And I love it. So yeah, for sure. Um, but I think if there's anything else you want to add, um, or we can end it here. Um, I do actually, I have one little thing too, to add to that extra vitamins is B6, um, also known as pyridoxine. I think if I'm saying that correctly, uh, this is essential. Also, we've, we've, I know we mentioned the B vitamins and stuff and how they're all very essential, but, uh, B6 helps your baby metabolize protein and carbohydrates, as well as um, it can help you with reducing the uh, morning sickness symptoms. So uh, nausea and vomiting, uh, it's so they suggest like trying B6 before you go into, I think it's called Unisom or uh, uh, there's another one, I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it's really good to try B6 before you go into anything other than that and seeing if that helps with your morning sickness, nausea and vomiting. Mm. Um, but pretty much, I think the biggest topic here too is, you know, the importance of blood work and getting your levels tested. And even now what, from listening to you, genetic testing prior to uh, pregnancy, because you do get your genetics tested during pregnancy or to see the potential genetic defects. But before you get to that point, getting, seeing if there's any, uh, genetic anomalies going on that you didn't even know of. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure what exactly they test for genetics during pregnancy, but a nutrigenomics test, I mean, it's, there's a lot, like it's very complex. Um, so there's a lot of different genes and that's with nutrigenomics. It's just correlated with nutrition. Mm. Um, so they don't, with those tests, they don't really go into the risks for, um, certain things like, um, so there's different genes that can put you at a higher risk of developing blood clots. Mm. So that's not something that they would do on a nutrigenomics test. I'm pretty sure. Um, I think there could be a nutrition component with that with helping to reduce blood clots, but I don't think something like that would be on a nutrigenomics test as far as I can remember. And um, there was another one too, like the MTHFR can actually mm-hmm. give you an increased risk for developing Alzheimer's. And that's so because it's kind of outside of the scope of the new, of the nutrition um, profession or whatever, that, that wouldn't be included on that sort of test. It's solely things that are going to be beneficial in terms of, of nutrients and even herbs. Wow. This has been like such an informative episode, I feel even for myself. And I'm just, I'm loving it. I mean, I'm really, I feel like I can even go off and start being like, all right, now we need to discuss this, this, and this about vitamins, you know, yeah. stuff that I didn't even yeah. know about. So I'm really, yeah. I love it. So yeah. So anyway, so uh, thank you all for listening to episode four, which is prenatals and multivitamins. If you're just listening to our series for the first time, we provide new episodes biweekly at the beginning of those weeks. If you haven't yet hit that follow button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to support, we'd love for you to hit that. Um, just give us a just give us a follow and a rating, maybe. 
Uh, and also, if you have any questions, feel free to message us on Instagram at Modern Moms Wellness underscore podcasts. And we appreciate the love. And until next time, adios.